0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Oh, hallelujah. Jesus told a woman one time, he said, The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, we are feeling that power of the presence of the Lord here tonight. There is just no substitute for authentic worship to heaven. What a beautiful, beautiful touch of God that's already moving in our midst. I'm just going to go right into the word of the Lord, if that's all right. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse number 10. We're going to read down to verse number 13, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to read down to verse 13. I do want to say how much we give honor to Pastor and Sister Boyd, I'm so grateful for that Brother Boyd is with us tonight in the service of the Lord, remembering Sister Boyd in our prayers. Amen. and so many others that are in need of a touch from God. Love my family, love all of you so very much. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse number 10 says, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall you say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, Even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He has made the earth by His power. He has established the world by His wisdom. And has stretched out the heavens by His discretion. When He uttereth His voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. And He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh the lightnings with rain bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. Here in these few verses, it talks truly about who God is. He's the true God. He's the living God. And he's an everlasting king. It goes on to say what all he can and will do. But at the very end of verse 13, it says, He brings forth the wind out of his treasures. I want to speak to us tonight on this subject, treasure hunting, treasure hunting. Can we lift our hands to heaven? Can we raise our voices? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful for each and everyone that is here. God, we pray that your anointing would begin to flow in this sanctuary. God, you would begin to speak directly to every person that is here. God, we give you praise and thanks, for we know that you are moving, and we know you are alive, and we know you are on the throne. We give you all glory, give you all praise that's due unto your name. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to just praise the Lord for a moment here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. There has always been a fascination within humanity, both children and adults alike, about one day maybe finding a secret treasure. Just like so many fairy tales and stories that have been told, movies that have been produced, and books that have been written, you just can't help yourself but to think that maybe One day, maybe sometime, you would be able to stumble on an old dusty treasure map. And it would lead you to a chest that is full of jewels and money and diamonds. So many times people think, if I could just find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow... You may not necessarily think about it in those terms, but so many would think, if I could just have a certain amount of money, then I could really sit back and relax. If I could just have a certain number in my account, then I know that everything will be just fine. Not long ago, I was reading about a man that was out on his boat fishing, just like he had done so many other times before, had his feet propped up and his pole not within an arm's reach or so away, and he was enjoying the sunshine, the time out on the water, and as he was there, just minding his own business, uh, another boat pulled up not very far away, a younger guy in the driver's seat, he said, you know, there's something I need to ask you about. He didn't know it, but this young man had been watching him for quite some time. He said, I notice that you're pretty good catching fish. Every time I see you out on the water, you fill up cooler after cooler after cooler. And I know there's got to be a little secret to your success, but I'm kind of anxious. I want to know, why don't you ever get a bigger boat? I know you can do it. I know you've got the ability and the experience. I'm kind of amazed at the equipment that you use. I would figure that you catch all these fish, you would turn around and you would sell some of them and maybe have something a little nicer, something a little bigger. When that young man said that, man just kind of looked at him for a moment and said, what do you suppose I'll do when I get the bigger boat and the nicer equipment? He said, well, that's when you buy more boats and you began to develop a fleet and you have people that work for you. He said, what do you suppose I do when I get a bigger fleet? And employees, he said, well, then is when it really gets good. He said, all the boats will be out on the water, and all the people will be doing the fishing, and you can put your feet up and relax knowing everything is fine. He said, what do you think I'm doing right now? What do you think I'm doing right now? You know, there's a little truth to that. Some people are always searching for a little more. I'm going to tell you the answer is not always in bigger and better. Sometimes the treasure is not always in dollar signs and bank account numbers. But true treasure, true treasures can always be purchased. There are treasures of time and health, treasures of peace and contentment. And they can't bought no matter, be bought no matter how much money you may have. And just like that holds true in the natural, the very same holds true in the spiritual. Jesus, who was constantly teaching his disciples and often leaving them astounded at his actions and his mannerisms, he would use basic and simple principles to bring about revelation to very complicated things. And so we find him in the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Saint Matthew and he begins to speak and he begins to speak in this parable. in the 44th verse of Matthew 13, he said, "The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure that has been hid in the field. He begins to say that out in this field there is something that is priceless. There is something that cannot even be measured by a certain amount of money. He said, but when the man finds out that the treasure is in the field, for the joy that he has, he sells all that he owns, and he goes and he buys this field then he begins to labor on in this moment and said a merchant man who had set out seeking for goodly pearls when he finally finds the pearl of great price he does not wait any longer but he puts it all on the line and he buys it no matter if it cost him everything and when Jesus began to teach that parable, I can almost hear him telling the disciples after the parable had been spoken, once you know where the true treasure is, it doesn't matter what it will cost, no matter the sacrifice that is going to take from you, the treasure is in the field. And you've got to be willing to lay it all on the line for that treasure. Once you find out what it is and how valuable it becomes, some salvation doesn't cost much. That means it's not worth much. And it won't mean much when you walk away from it. But once you find the truth, that can set men free. Once you find out there is a truth that can bring joy to the soul that's in deep Dark depression. Once you find out there's a truth, truth that could bring peace to a troubled mind. Once you find out there is a truth that can set the captives free, Jesus said in John 8:32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, Hey, once you come in contact with this, there is nothing else that will do. There is nothing else that will satisfy. There were there is nothing Nothing else that can cut it out once you know where the real power is. Sell it all. Don't hold anything back. Solomon said it best in Proverbs 23 and 23. He said, you have to buy the truth and sell it not. Once you buy it, it's not up for sale. Regardless of the highest bidder, despite the popular opinion, it is not up for sale. I remember growing up as a kid, we never really had much money. So we always had always lived in the inner city. My sister and I were always looking for a way to make money. So we were going to school, and I'd see kids with really nice backpacks and awesome shoes and my shoes were the Jordans from the original time he first came out that everybody forgot about. My mom picked up at the thrift store and I said, I'm always looking for a way to make some money. And so my sister and I would sit at home and we would try to figure out some kind of plan. And she would tell me that at the middle school, they had people selling candy. and I said, yeah, elementary school, they already got a monopoly on that. Kids are already selling can they, they got all that covered. I got to think of something new, something that I know my friends cannot stand, and they'll have to buy it from me. So we're sitting back, and after my sister had swept the yard, that's, that's city talk. You don't have yards. You got driveways that you sweep. And my sister swept the yard for us, and, and we she was sweeping away all this gravel. I was looking at all these rocks, worthless rocks, and I'm standing there, and a light bulb goes off in my head. And I know somewhere in the house, my dad has got his little tool collection. And in his tool collection, he has some spray paint that he used from time to time. And he had some gold spray paint. Two and two are starting to come together. I thought, oh, I'm going to tell you what kids will love more than candy. They'll love gold pieces. My sister looked at me and said, where are you going to find some gold pieces? I said, we don't have to find gold pieces. We need to make some gold pieces. So we got these old rocks, and we began to spray paint them gold. We put coating after coating after coating after coating. If you ever use spray paint, everybody's gold by the time it's all said and done. And uh, so I got these rocks and I put them in a bag and take them to school. And I start pulling them out and showing them to my friends. Look at all this gold we've got. Oh wow! How much do you think you'd sell some of that gold for? About the size of a half dollar gold piece. I said, Well, I'll say about five dollars. That's the first sign right there. I had something that precious is only five dollars. They were selling like hotcakes. Hey, I was A plus rating on the Better Business Bureau. They could not believe what kind of pricing was going on. Until there was this this kid that I was in another class with, and he said, "You know, my dad collects gold pieces." I said, "Oh, really?" I said, "You're probably not interested in these then." He said, no, let me take a look. And he looks at it, looks at me, looks back at everybody else. He says, these are rocks that are spray painted gold. And just like that, my A plus rating went to an F and the business shut down. I was trying to sell something as precious that really was not. I was selling people a bill of goods thinking they really had something. But I'm going to tell you, if you want the real thing, it's going to cost you. One man said, oh, it's free. It's just going to cost you your life. When Jesus died on that cross of Calvary, when he was hung up, suspended between heaven and earth, he did it so that you and I could be saved, so that nobody would have to be lost. But in order to receive salvation, you've got to give yourself completely and wholeheartedly. You want a treasure, you have to pay the price. You want the real treasure, you're going to have to pay the price. And that's what this old prophet was preaching about in the book of Jeremiah. He said, the God that created the world, the God that spoke the universe into existence, the one that established the world with his wisdom, who stretched out the heavens by his discretion, the waters flow when he utters his voice. But these gods that others are serving, they're going to pass away. And another portion, he said, the same God they built out of the wood is the same God that's going to be burnt up in the fire. But our God has eyes, but he can see. Our God has ears, and he can hear. Our God has hands, and they can reach I said, don't get caught up on the false gods of this world. They're going to perish. They're going to disappear. They're going to vanish when times get tough. But this God that we serve, he's never lost a battle. He's never disappointed one person ever. He's never been overthrown. He's never been defeated. He's never been conquered. He's never been annihilated. This God, he stands victorious. He stands glorious. He stands great above all others. utters His voice, and the waters fall back. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He, he makes the lightning with the rain. But then, in the last portion, He said, He brings forth the wind out of His treasures. So I thought about that for a moment. The God that is greater than all, the one that can be anywhere, the one that can say anything, and the one that can have whatever he wants, what could possibly be in his treasures. Think about that with me for a moment. The one that is over the entire universe. The one that speaks and angels bow down in reverence. The one that made man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The one that created the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. What could possibly be in his treasure chest? What is it that is so great and glorious about His treasure? The prophet goes on to say that the wind is what God takes out of His treasure. The wind that can't necessarily be seen with the eye, but it can be felt with the touch. The wind. uh, There is something just remarkable about the wind and when it's spoken and controlled by God even when people were hungry to know more of the Lord throughout the Scriptures in the New Testament, when there were those that had an understanding that there is more to this than what I have right now. It's more than just following rules. It's more than just passing on traditions. It's more than just following the commandments of Moses. There's got to be more to this than all of that. Sometimes in order to know more, you have to almost be sneaky and try to find a way to find this treasure. So it was late at night, night when people want to do what others can't see them do. A man by the name of Nicodemus leaves his house. A man that's known in the community, known in the area, known by his reputation. But he keeps hearing about this man by the name of Jesus. And he finally approaches Jesus. And he asks Him the question. He begins to put out a list from Him saying, Surely, I know you've got to have what I'm searching for. You've got to have what my heart is crying out for. You've got to have what my spirit is screaming out for. Jesus catches him off guard. He catches him almost flat-footed. He said, oh, if you want this, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus paused for a moment and said, that doesn't even make sense. How can a man be born when he's already living? How can he go back to his mother after he'd already been conceived and lived his life? Jesus said in John 3 and 5, he said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's pretty straight talk. When someone says cannot, there's not much room uh, for opinion. There's not room for debate. He said, you not born of the water, and if you're not born of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Finally, Nicodemus just, he wasn't grasping this, just wasn't comprehending it. And Jesus began to break it down to him in this third chapter of the book of John. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? He went again to the second time to his mother's room and be born. And Jesus began to speak something revelatory to Nicodemus on that day. He began to really blow his mind of what was going to happen next. Jesus said in John 3 and 8, he said, The wind, it blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh? or whither it goeth, but so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Huh? Jesus said you got to be born of the water, and you got to be born of the Spirit. And everybody that's born of the Spirit is born the same way. Huh? You're born the same way. So in the second chapter of the book of Acts when the church was birth and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It's no coincidence that the wind is his treasure. It's no coincidence they said Nicodemus I'm going to tell you about the wind and being born of the Spirit and when the Spirit found finally fell, it came under the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And when the rushing mighty wind of the Spirit fell, they were all, somebody say all, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you want it, you got to do it the way that God said to do it. If you got the treasure map, if you don't follow it to a T, you're not going to find a treasure. And if you began to differ just a little bit, see I, I was, not long ago I was reading a book and it's about the worst crashes, airplane crashes in history. And uh, as I was reading the book, I was amazed at one of the incidents that I was, that it was being highlighted was a crash that had come from a pilot with a near perfect record. And so when they began to dig, he did not, it was not a fatal crash, and he did not die in the crash. But when all was said and done, they began to look through all the instruments and look through all the equipment on the plane and come to find out that the compass was off by point, 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 one degree. And they didn't check it real close. They just assumed all was well. But what happens is when you're going at 600 miles an hour, point, point, point one degree starts to take shape. and starts to take form. And when you finally get to your destination, you're not in the place that you intended to go. And the same holds true in the Word of God and the truth of our glorious salvation. If you start to differ on just a little bit, you think you're heading to the treasure. But you're not going to land where we are going to land. That's why we can't mess with anything that's in the word of the Lord. Jesus said not one jot or one tittle, not one dotting of the I, not one crossing of the T. You change it, you're going to land somewhere where you should not be landing. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a generation of years gone by that stood when others went to stand, that squared their shoulders and said it may not be popular, but this is the way it works. You got to be born of the water. You got to be born of the spirit. You got to live holiness. It may not be what everybody likes to hear, but it's gonna get you to the destination. (laughs) Well, somebody ought to clap your hands to the Lord. was the apostle said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The treasure lives in us. And you can feel when the treasure is active. You can feel the goosebumps running up and down your back. You can feel the encouragement coming to your mind and to your heart and to your soul. And that same man wrote in the book of Colossians, the second chapter and the third verse. He said, In Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In other words, he was kind of speaking to those that maybe were going a little astray. He said, If you want to find the treasure that satisfies your soul, if you want to find the treasure that Jesus spoke about, in Matthew 6, 19, when he said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That treasure that we long to have, that treasure that fills the void that this world." Just cannot do that treasure that gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning and to have a smile on your face It's all the treasure is in Christ Jesus All the treasure is in the Savior of the world And so when you're getting discouraged and you feel like you've had a rough day and the week doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Remember how to find that treasure. Remember to break out the map called the Word of God. It will teach you and show you what to do. And when you begin to search for Christ, when you begin to call on the name of Jesus, when you begin to lift your voice and worship and praise and thanksgiving, you'll find that treasure that evades the world. You'll find that treasure that people try to imitate but can never duplicate, when you begin to call on that great glorious name of Jesus Christ, that treasure will begin to roll over in your soul. I wonder if we can raise our hands to heaven for a moment. The music's getting ready to come, but I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Oh, yes. God, I long for that treasure. God, I search for that treasure. Hallelujah. You're the one that does what nobody else can do. Oh, God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory. God, we give you honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, for just one more moment, can we just raise our hands to heaven? Oh, I feel the touch of the Lord here today. I feel the presence of a loving Savior. Hallelujah. Let's stand all across the sanctuary. Oh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, can we open our hearts together, Father? In the name of Jesus, God, we are thankful for the word that's forever settled in heaven. Jesus, we are thankful for the word that is without error, that is without mistake and without fault. God, we're thankful for that map of the Scripture, and Jesus, we are thankful to know where the true treasure lies. The true treasure is found in you, God. You're the one that can give joy unspeakable and full of glory. You're the one that can give peace that passes all understanding. You're the one that can bring tranquility to our soul like nobody else can. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah to God. David said in the 42nd Psalm, as the heart panneth after the water brooks, so panneth my soul after thee, O God. When we long for him, we get treasures that we didn't even know existed. When we search Him, search Him. I wonder for just a few minutes tonight if we could just take a little time and say, God, I'm going to search for you tonight. I'm going to spend a little time in prayer, and I'm going to lift my voice. Oh, saints, can we do that tonight? Can we just find a place? Maybe you want to stay in your seat. Maybe you want to step out in the aisle. Maybe you want to come to the front. Hallelujah. Let's take a few moments and let's go on a treasure hunt. Hallelujah. I want that treasure, the treasure that money cannot buy. I found the treasure. I found that treasure. Hallelujah. And there's more and more and more to come. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on. Can't you find it?